morning. Welcome to the International Church of Vilnius. I'm Pastor Matthew Steinfeld. I want to extend a warm welcome to our special guests and to friendly faces. In case you didn't notice, we have a remarkable choir with us this morning. Thank you, Director Oliver Schmidt and his absolutely fabulous choir from Denmark. Thank you so much for being here today. Also, I want to say in advance that um, this is our last worship service with a very dear member, Mina Pak, and uh, so I hope this is a special day, and I think it already is. So, as we sing our first hymn, number 23, there is an optional last stanza with a decant, which we will not be singing, so just, just the first four verses. Hymn number 23, O worship the King all glorious above. Blessed is the Lord, for he has heard the voice of our prayer. Therefore shall our hearts dance for joy, and in our song praise our God. The responsive psalm reading from Psalm 66. 
Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. He passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in Him. Our second hymn this morning is number 51, We Will Glorify. And 51. Chapter 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving, surviving elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading today comes from the book of 2 Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is, that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, 
he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of the word of truth. This is the word of the Lord. And stand with me for the gospel reading, please. <clears throat> Luke 17, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus has traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, two men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. How important is the gospel to you? Not church. Not our community, not singing, but the gospel. How important is it to you? And what value or esteem does it hold in your life? Paul writes, Timothy, as we've said before, Paul is writing uh, a young pastor in Timothy who he's left in charge of this congregation to teach. And he's writing Timothy to encourage him about how to handle his new role. His new role as, as minister, as, as leader of this congregation. And it gives us a, a good picture of what Paul's perspective of how important the gospel is to him and the value and esteem that it holds in his life, especially as a minister. Our reading, 2 Timothy Two starts in verse 8, but we'll get a little bit of a running start in verse 1. He says, Be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. Empower yourself with the grace of Christ. What is God's grace? Grace is an extension of, you could say that it's not giving someone what they deserve in a negative way. On the other hand, it could be something positive that God gives that they don't deserve. But he's talking about the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ, not just some general blessing, but something specific that Jesus has done from God for the sake of these people. And Timothy is the audience here. That God had sent Jesus as a sacrifice for People who would have faith in him, his people, to redeem them salvifically. To make them righteous in the eyes of God. Because they are not righteous. Because they do rebel. God's grace. He says, empower yourself with this grace. Take this grace. And use it to strengthen yourself. Why would he need strength? Because he's leading a group of people that often, including himself, may not have faith. May not always believe and trust as much as they should. 
He encourages them in verse 2. He says, what you've heard, pass on. It's not something that you hold for yourself. You empower yourself with the grace of God, and then you pass it on. Why? So other people can pass it on and empower themselves. I really wish this text was in the reading. I should have put it in there. Verse 3, he says, he gives a couple examples of, of, of things that Timothy should think about. In verse 3, he says, like a soldier of Christ Jesus, be, be willing to suffer, be willing to undertake hardship. And he gives another two examples. He says, like the soldier who's active in battle, who follows the authority of his commander. There's also the athlete. Maybe a runner, maybe someone that's participating in the Olympic Games that Paul's thinking about in the arena, maybe. But he says the athlete lives in a way, trains in a way, in order for him to compete but he must compete within the regulations and the rules of the games. Otherwise, he's disqualified. The third example he gives is the farmer, the faithful farmer who is working hard, who receives a share of his crops. And I wonder why, you may, may read this and say, why these three specific examples does Paul give? For Timothy, a minister, who is now in charge of this group of people. And I think that it's related to this grace of God. That the soldier, the soldier's under authority. Think about it. If, if, if someone was in active war and they were a soldier... And they just decided to start fighting their own war or making their own decisions. How would that work? How could they, how could they focus their attention on their true enemy if they didn't put themselves under the authority of someone who was their commander? And so too the athlete. If the athlete in the midst of their game decides to, to change their rules and do something else, how could that athlete win the prize? How could they be eligible to win the game if they do not follow the rules of the game? You see, the athlete must stay within the confines of what they've trained for, what they've practiced. And lastly, the farmer. If the farmer decides to break the rules or the, the skills that the farmer has learned in order to produce good crops it wouldn't work if the farmer if the farmer wasn't patient if the part if the farmer wasn't aware of how long it takes he may think that he was a failure or she was a failure because the, it takes so long what do these have to do with the minister timothy in paul's perspective of the gospel authority eligibility effort You see, if, if Timothy tried to teach a gospel that wasn't from Christ, Paul would say that it's kind of like the athlete not playing by the rules. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be of value. The authority that the soldier puts himself under is because he trusts the one that's above him. So too, faithfulness, allegiance to Jesus based on his authority as the one above any minister of any church. Of course, the patience and the effort of the farmer day in, day out. How important is the gospel to you? Do you see your faith and your relationship with God like a soldier that's fighting for something terribly important? Perhaps against evil, Perhaps against yourself. 
or an athlete that trains and sees growth and sees that they're, that they're changing, that they're growing, and, and that they're in a race. Or maybe like a farmer where it's difficult and it's hard and it's cold and it's early in the morning and you're, and you're thinking, will things ever be different? Will I ever see the fruit of what I'm doing? Paul knows these things better than anyone. He's, he's, he's old in age. He's, he's had experience. He's teaching this young man, Timothy. He's saying, hold on to that which you know. Because if you get distracted, you'll forget. If you get distracted, you'll try to do things in your own power. Dedication, commitment. And most importantly, it's a lifestyle. As you see, this Paul's perspective of the gospel is a lifestyle in verse 5 and 6. He says, reflect on these things in verse 7. Reflect on what I'm saying. And he says, the Holy Spirit will give you insight. Paul knows that his perspective of the gospel ultimately comes from the power of God, the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit, like in the midst of the difficulties of the soldier, or the athlete, or the farmer, the Spirit is there to give you wisdom, to give you the strength of God to live in this way. So what actually is the gospel, starting in our our reading here in verse 8. He says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. Now, Paul believes that Jesus not only died for sins, that he came to serve people who rejected him, to a people that did not care for God and often went against God. He sent Jesus, God himself, to die. But not only that, that he was raised. He was raised from the dead to show, God raised Jesus from the dead to show that he is pleased with Jesus. And because of what Jesus has done, God puts him in this high position in heaven at the right hand of God, under all authority. See, that's what Paul's touching on here with the authority of the soldier. Jesus is the faithful soldier of God who goes to the earth and completes the task and the mission. The mission to save humanity. And not only that, is that Jesus commits to the way that God gives him. You see, Jesus is the athlete that competes, that is eligible within the rules. It's only with the, within the rules that God sets out that the athlete can compete and win. And Jesus, what he did was what he accomplished for us. You see, there's certain things that please God in terms of salvation. And Paul is saying that what Jesus did receive the prize. And like the faithful farmer who gets up and continues to work, regardless of immediate growth or crops, so too Jesus is faithful to us. So Paul says that's his gospel. That's his understanding of what the gospel is. Jesus came and died, but he was raised. And because he was raised, he was put in a place of honor by God. And because God has put Jesus in a place of honor, those who are faith, who have faith in Christ are in that place of honor. It's incredibly good news. What's the value or esteem that Paul places on this? This understanding. In verse 9, he says, For which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. He's starting to understand what it took for Jesus to do this. Jesus' death, Jesus' rejection, people killing Jesus because who he claimed to be. Paul is now identifying himself with Jesus. But look at this, the value and 
The preciousness of the gospel is so much so for Paul that he's committed to the point of imprisonment. Why, verse 10, so that the elect or the people of God will receive salvation and glory? What glory? The glory of the athlete who has won. The glory of Jesus who has won. The faithful work of the Messiah. Unfortunately, the Jews, they were expecting a terrible great day of the Lord, the Hebrew Old Testament often says. A day of the Lord where God would come and judge their enemies. Because they felt that they were entitled to be as the, as the people of God, that their enemies, their oppressors, whether it was the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Romans in the time of Paul, they wanted justice. They expected their God, their God to send a Messiah to save them. And when Jesus arrived, they had an interesting conversation with him. And Jesus, over the course of his ministry, realized that it's not just judgment for your enemies, but it's judgment on you. You're no better than your enemies. You want judgment to come onto your enemies, and yet who is going to judge you? And if there is judgment for you, how can you survive? Are you as holy as God? How important is the gospel to you? When we consider maybe our own enemies today, we might be tempted to compare ourselves to them and think that we are superior morally and ethically. But from God's perspective, we're not. From God's perspective, we were his enemies. And the way to God is through this gospel that he says that if you take hold of it and empower yourself with this grace from Jesus, you won't be found deficient. Now he says this, he says, he throws out some things concerning this gospel. Verse 11, here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, in other words, if we were killed in the same way that Jesus was killed. If we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, he's saying so too we will spiritually die and rise from the dead with him. We will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him, meaning that the glory of Jesus will be bestowed upon us as rightful followers of him. But if we disown him, he says he will also disown us. To disown Jesus is to say, oh, that's just a nice story. I don't really think Jesus is who he says he is. Or that sounds so ridiculous, I'm, I'm in no need of anything of that sort. And notice here, there's a big difference between disowning Jesus or the gospel and being faithless. Because I think all of us, from time to time, whether you're faithful or not, we see the ebb and flow of the strength of our faith, which is why he's telling Timothy, a minister, be strong in your faith. Be like the farmer that gets up every day and commits to what this is about. Like the athlete who, who, who gives up so much to, to compete in the games and to, and to do well. It's a daily lifestyle. That's the good news of the gospel because even when we are faithless and sometimes feel that we don't believe, God is faithful to us. So much so that Paul's committed to go to prison, to, to prison even to die. Because he sees how much God has given him through Christ. He also tells Timothy in, in verse 14, keep reminding the people of these things. It's so essential. Verse 14, don't, don't fight over silly stuff. 
Don't fight over open-handed issues. It hurts. It hurts what we're trying to do. If the soldier is, 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 is in the affairs of civilian life, he's not focused on being a soldier. If the athlete's out in the club and he's not eating right and she's not working out and not dedicating and getting enough sleep, there's no way that they can compete. It's so important, he says, the value of the gospel and to live out the gospel is essential to be a minister, he says to Timothy. And I often feel like that in front of you. I feel like the young Timothy who's inexperienced and just trying to teach what he knows. And I can relate to this because I see the value of the gospel compared to my inadequacy to lead you as some moral or ethical superior to anyone here. And what's special about this is that I can see Paul telling Timothy, and I see in my own life that when I fall short, maybe I say or I do things that are not living up to the gospel. Instead of saying, oh, I failed, and God's going to judge me, and everything's lost, it gives me the wonderful opportunity to repent and say, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And I think that reminds not just me, but people who see me fail or people that see you fail in your life. Because you have the gospel, because you can say, yes, that's exactly why Jesus came is because I make mistakes, because I don't live up to the, the requirements of God's law. That's why Jesus was sent, because Jesus was going to die for people who never live up to this. And that's why I'm no longer afraid of, of failing. It's because I see that that's what the gospel was for. It was for my failure. Is that important to you? Is the gospel so important to you that you value it more than anything? More than just the glory and the blessings that he says come through Jesus. But just the mindset of knowing that you're okay because of God's perfection. What an incredible thing to believe and to trust. Lastly, in verse 15, he says, present yourself as one approved. Notice he didn't say live, live your life in a certain way so God will approve of you. He says live out your life as one who has been approved already based off your actions. No, based off Christ's sacrifice and resurrection. Because Jesus is in the place of authority. And your allegiance to him grants you approval by God, not just so he can clap and put, you know, hands on you and say, good job, but because you will be in the place of honor in heaven based on his deeds, based on his commitment to God and to you. So therefore, don't live your life trying to earn what God has already done for you through Jesus but live out your life like an athlete loving his sport or a soldier that faithfully believes in the cause or the farmer that knows if I stay true to my task, I will see fruit and crops one day that will feed hundreds. Pass it on. Present yourself as one approved, as one who handles the word of truth One of the ways that we see the truth is by remembering what this message is, but also being dedicated to its text. To know the truth is to study and to be enriched and empower ourselves with the grace of Jesus. Which is my wish for this group of people every Sunday morning, 
and every Wednesday night when we study, and every other day in between when we wake up and we have the decision to either do what's easier to do, what God's called us to do as faithful believers. How important is the gospel to you? What value or esteem does it hold in your life? Let's take a time of silence. Maybe an abbreviated time of silence because I want to hear more singing. And then we'll conclude with the Apostles' Creed before we finish our service. If you believe this, if you believe this gospel, if you believe that you are saved through the work of Christ and that God sees you as approved and worthy of future glory because of Him, would you please stand and Recite this creed with me. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always.
God, we thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Christ and his work in our life. Give us the power to believe and to trust and to be faithful. Lord, in your mercy, our prayer. God, we thank you for Mina, and we thank you for her friendship and her kindness and her service and her sweetness and the time that she's been with us. We pray that you would bless her as she leaves. Give her peace, give her hope about the future, and protect her as she travels. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that you would bless the performance this afternoon of the choir and that those who attend would reflect on your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our last hymn today is number 222, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Hymn number 222. Peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.